Hello listeners, welcome back to the latest Arcade Hat podcast. Something a little bit different today, so it's not really gaming related. It kind of is. Um, I've got one of my favourite podcasts podcast on the show today. I've got Andrew Mangan, who's better known as Arsebog in many quarters. Huge fan uh, of, your, of, of your, your podcast. So Andrew, real honour having you on today. Thank you. Thanks very much. Um, well, obviously, I, I, I'll make this really clear for our listeners. So we, we're going to talk about your blog and podcast at the start, and we'll do a bit of gaming oh, chat. Okay. And then at the end of it, we'll do a bit of Arsenal chat. So if people really want to turn off there, because a lot of our listeners probably don't have too much affinity of Arsenal, which, you know, there you go. So that's that's kind of the cutoff point for them if, if, if needs be. Um, first question, though, just because it, obviously it links into your your podcast and your blog, which is Ask Blog and Askcast. How did you first fall in love with football do you remember the moment when you thought wow this is a this is the the sport for me and do you remember the first ever goal you saw oh my god there's a question I can't remember a time when I didn't love football uh as a kid you know I was just obsessed with we're playing football um with with my little brother um it's a bit of a weird one I grew up in a in a castle in Yorkshire um I'm not taking this yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, like my, my folks are from Ireland, but my dad came over to the UK as many people did in the fifties and, and worked over there in the, the bar and hospitality industry. And he was, uh, in hotel management. So there was a hotel in Yorkshire. He was a manager of the hotel and there was a big, big lawn out the front on which myself and my brother would play football. Like he was three years younger than me. So you can imagine when I'm sort of seven, he's four. There's a real difference there. So we'd play games up to 50 and I give him a 49 nil head start and win. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just, I just can't remember not loving football or not being interested in football. The first goal that I ever saw, I mean, I remember watching the 1978 World Cup in Argentina, um, the final in particular, I remember being devastated when Argentina won because I wanted Holland to win. Uh, and the first Arsenal game I remember is the is the 79 FA Cup final, um, which was the, the famous five-minute final when Arsenal looked like they were cruising to victory. United scored two goals with, with a couple of minutes left and you sort of go, well, this can't be happening. And then we scored a winner and it was great. So... Um, that's sort of my, my foundation in, in football being sort of on the one hand devastated by results. Uh, and you learn that football can give you a kick in the, kick in the, you know, what's very, very quickly and very easily. So, yeah, so that's it. It's just been a constant in my life. Always. Brilliant. Um, now I have to say, I'm very impressed by your blog and podcast. It's absolutely incredible. It's it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does top the charts often. You know, it's it's it does extremely well. Your blog is very popular, but obviously there's a foundation. It had to start from somewhere. So, what was your idea to start the blog, and um, what was your motivations? I mean, you do it. You, you do a daily blog, and that which is quite yeah. hard to maintain. What was that always in the background, or what was your big inspiration to get started with that? Well, really, it was basically a, uh, a lesson or it was a way of teaching myself web design when I started it. This was back in 2002 and, and blogging was just becoming a thing. And, uh, I, you know, I've told the story before, but I was trying to teach myself web design. So I said, well, what would be a good website that I could just sort of fiddle around with and, and there'd always be something going on? So I thought football and then I thought specifically Arsenal because there's always a game or post game or injuries or transfers and all that kind of stuff. So I just started it and and posted every day something small, you know, in the beginning it 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 um 
it started, you know, where it started and where it is now are very, you know, they're very different sort of beasts, but that's, you know, par for the course, I guess, I guess, sort of 18 years down the line. But it really was about just teaching myself web design because I was involved in a small business selling websites and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'm not particularly good at web design. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the writing part of it. And I enjoyed the fact that that fairly quickly a, you know, a community started to build around it, like completely um, organically, I think is the, the wanky marketing phrase that people might use. You know, it wasn't the case that I was going out and advertising the website anywhere. I had no way of doing that, but somehow people were finding it and and people left comments and you, you have a forum and people come in and it, it sort of grew from there. So uh, it, it just became something I did, mm. became part of my routine. And, and now it is just ingrained into my day. Like every yeah. day is starts the same way, you know, get up, <laughs> uh, give the dogs a hug, make a cup of coffee, come upstairs to my office and write a daily blog, you know, about Arsenal. And that's, that's how it sort of started. And, you know, obviously a lot has happened in between, but, but that's where it came from. So, so it, it was one thing and became something completely different. Brilliant. Uh, I've got quite a funny story how I stumbled across your pod. I don't know if you want to hear it, Andrew. Yeah, it's, please. Uh, um, it must be around mid-2000s. Uh, me and my brother, my older brother, Mike, we, we decided to make an affiliate website where we would point people in the right direction to buy football shirts we'd design a website and if they bought via us we'd get a little commission i'm you know what that sort of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. is and we decided to make a page for each club so obviously as arsenal fans me or brother both me or two brothers big arsenal fans um we i decided to get seo you know search engine optimization obviously we need our we need to sort of rewrite um arsenal's history and a few little facts and so forth and we'll give a yeah. few links and i thought what what do people what would people like to see on this kind of football shirt web uh, pages so i just thought i'd put the official Arsenal link and I thought well I'll, try, I'll see if there's any blogs knocking about and so I literally just typed Arsenal blogs and I think yours was top and I was like I'll be honest we put a link to about two or three blogs mm. and the other two didn't really catch my mind but uh, since I clicked on yours I've been a regular a regular reader actually pretty much ever since so I do it's part of my daily routine before I start work properly I, I just go to the computer have a quick read and uh, the podcast is obviously part of that as well so yeah. um Sold zero football shirts via <laughs> that website. It doesn't exist Look, at least, at least you tried, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, well, that's the worst thing. You know, you're not looking back on this with any regret and thinking, what if we'd done that page about football shirts? We could be millionaires right now. Exactly. You know, it was a flop. So at least you have some small so. comfort in that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I always think it's great when people tell me that, you know, the blog, that the daily blog is part of their routine. You know, the amount of people down the years, particularly in the era of, of mobile phones yeah. and smartphones in particular have taken this to a new level. If your listeners will excuse me, many people have told me that they, they listen or read Ars blog on the toilet in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's part of their, their morning rituals, if you like. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite, well, what can you say? It's flattering. You know, you're, you're having that special time uh, in the morning and you're reading me. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that's <laughs> yeah. your life would It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the podcast, I guess, was still quite organic as well. That was obviously the next step for you, wasn't it? And you've got a great, a great voice, I have to say. I'm very, you've got lovely dulcet tones. I'm sure oh. our listeners will agree. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I grew up, um, part of what I wanted to do and wanted to be was, was be a DJ. I was a radio DJ for quite some time. So yeah. um, I still do voiceover work and radio commercials and, and radio IDs and things like that. So I've been 
pretty much obsessed with football and radio for my entire life. So, um, you know, when, when, uh, when I started the podcast, it was great because it was this, this way of getting behind the microphone. Yeah. I don't know, you know, what you know about radio or what people listening might know about radio, but I, I started in pirate radio here in Ireland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was always quite free to do what you wanted and say what you wanted and sort of play the music that you wanted. Um, but when you move up into the world of, of legal radio and commercial radio, it is extremely structured in the sense that you get a playlist and this is the song. These are the songs you're playing in this hour. This is when you speak. Uh, this is what you're going to say in this particular link. You know, when you open the microphone, you're going to tell them what that song was. You're going to uh, announce a promotion. You're going to forward announce something. And that, you know, so it's quite, um, it's quite restrictive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but the great thing about podcasting was, and, and, and still is, mm. you can say what you want. I mean, obviously, you've got to be reasonable, you know? Yeah, of can't course. Just, go around libeling people and slandering people and, and, you know, being hugely offensive. I mean, you can, if you want, but you'll pay the consequences for that. But, but in yeah. terms of what you can do and what you can say and how you say it and the things that you can put together, you have a blank slate, you know? So it's a really great medium from that perspective for me is that, that there are no, there's nobody telling me what I can't do, you know? Love it. And, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Listen to your podcast. That definitely comes across. Was there a moment, actually, either your blog or podcast or maybe a combination of both where you thought, this is actually something pretty special? Look, look, so, you know, I've ma not made it. I don't say, you know, you're not, you're not an arrogant person, but where you thought, wow, this is actually something big. And I, I, I can't believe how big it's become. Is it, was there a eureka moment or is it just a, a slow uh, overtime thing? It was kind of a slow overtime thing, but then uh, in 2008, the website got bought out by uh, a company called Olay Olay. They wanted to build this like football social network, and and they yeah. they basically bought the site from me and paid me a really good wage. Um, so it became something that was like my primary job, my primary source of income. Um, and it was great while it lasted, and then it went tits up. You know, they <laughs> they they basically ran out of money, and they stopped yeah. paying me. And it was all pretty, like I'm laughing about it now, um, yeah. ten years down the line. But at the time, it was really quite bad. You know, from a financial perspective, and there were all kinds of implications. And I was at a crossroads where. I kind of had to decide what I was going to do. You know, do I mm. pick up the pieces? And and cleverly enough, I, I I had it written in my contract that if anything happened to them, I got everything back. Good. So that was that. But then it was a case of like, well, what do I do now? Do I try and build something more out of what I've got? Or do I just sort of keep it on a hobby basis or let it just fade away and, and go back and do what people might consider like a real job, you know, nine to five, something like that. Uh, and I decided that obviously I go with, with trying to build a site and, and grow it and, and create more and do more. And, you know, it took time, it yeah. took time, but I think that the, the sort of faith I had in the platform, the site might give me to go and do more. That was a little moment where I thought, okay, well, I don't have this backing of this company anymore. I don't have their finances. It's going to be a struggle for a few years while I, you know, try and, and generate income and try and supplement my income with, with other work and everything else, but I'm willing to give it a go. So I think that's probably 
that's probably what it was, you know, just the, the willingness to take that risk with the yeah, sort of safety you. net I had, you know. No, credit, you know, it's good perseverance and no, good on you. Um, you've spoken to some huge celebrities in the past, like foot, like Cesc Fabregas, Nicholas Bentley, you know, footballers and mm. uh, Dara O'Brien. You talked to a lot of Arsenal supporting celebrities and I think even celebrities that necessarily don't support Arsenal, is that fair? Um, yeah. There's a few out there, all right, yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible the amount of people and, and big, you know, A-listers you get on your show. Is there, who, who, which celebrity or footballer did you most enjoy chatting with? And uh, is there any future Arsenal fan, celebrity Arsenal fans you would love to have on your show in the future? That's a good question. I think Sesk was a really good one for me because he, you know, he used to read the site. When he first joined the club, he became aware of the site and he read it while he was an Arsenal player. So, the, you know, he knew who I was and I think he he spoke very openly on the podcast and I think that was because yep. he, he he sort of trusted that I wasn't going to spin, you know, the, 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 the things that he said. So it was a really interesting, a really good conversation to have with him. Um, I mean, there've been, there've been loads like, um, I'm trying to think who's out there that I would desperately love to talk to. I mean, I think the one I would really love to do is Arsene Wenger. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, in the, in the recent, um, media blitz that he did surrounding his book. I didn't even sort of try to get involved because I sort of felt like he was going to be asked the same questions. It was going to be sort of this, this, uh, what do they call it? Like junket stuff going from one interview to the next, doing the same kind of thing. So I think I would love at some point, um, in the future to, to speak to him, um, because he was just such a big part of, of, all of our lives as Arsenal fans, but obviously for the duration of, of Arsblog, he was the only man in charge of the football club until 2018 for like 16 years. He was just such a constant, a constant presence. Um, and you know, so I think there's a, there's a lot I would like to explore with him, um, that maybe wasn't in the book as well. So yeah, he would be my, he would be my pick. Brilliant. I think, um, Danny DeVito is an Arsenal fan. So is he? I believe so. I think he said it, yeah. And also Kevin Costner. So there's a couple of names that maybe mm -hmm. you could approach. <laughs> Probably yeah. Hollywood stars. I think uh, Spike Lee as well might be an yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. conversation. He'd be a very interesting guy to talk to. Danny DeVito. There's, uh, see, every time anyone mentions Danny DeVito to me, the first thing that comes into my head is that scene from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know where he's naked and climbing <laughs> out of the couch? Yeah. 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 So it's sort of impossible to think about him um, without having that image in my head and now i've given it to you and all your listeners so i hope you enjoy that guys uh, <laughs> um how about advice for anyone looking to maybe start a blog or a podcast i mean it's 2020 uh is it too late would you say or uh, would you even if it's just a hobby is it something you you, you got your quick advice for andrew for people listening if you want to do it do it i mean uh, i i have got down the years loads of emails from people going i want to start my own blog i want to do my own podcast you know what should i do and the thing i say to them first is do it mm. just do it because do it. uh get it started the sooner you get it started the sooner it's up and running and the better you get at it you know keep doing it keep doing it regularly um you know i think if people have a passion for something i think you kind of have to really love something to to do it on a regular basis even if it's once a week you know um whether it's video games or football or or horse racing or politics or whatever it is you kind of have to love it to to commit time to it so yeah. whether you want to do it 
part-time or full-time or if you feel like you can build a, a career out of it or use it as a portfolio or something, just do it. You know, don't don't worry about what people are going to say or worry or care what what other people might think of it. You know, that's a big thing, I think, for a lot of people that they worry. And, I, you know, I, this is something that, you know, uh, is, is applicable to me because in the first few years of the site, I didn't use my real name at all. Mm. I was just called, you know, the site is Arsblog and I was called Arsblogger and I didn't really... Um, let anyone know who I was or what my identity was. I used to bleep out my name on the podcast. And that wasn't so much like I want to be a top secret guy, yeah, but it yeah. was sort of born out of like an insecurity of, well, what if people don't like this? So if they don't like it, then they don't know who I am. Therefore I'm kind of, I'm covered from this. You know, they can't find me and go, ha, I don't like what you do. You're shit. And yeah, it, it genuinely was really? that. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then you get to a point where you go, well, actually, I think I'm probably quite good at this. I feel a bit more confident about it. And now, you know, I'm at an age where I just don't give a shit what anyone yeah. thinks of what I do. Or, you know, if you don't like it, you don't have to read it. You don't have to listen to it. There's lots of other websites and podcasts you can listen to. So I think if anyone is thinking about it and they're just worried about, you know, the reaction yeah. to it, just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Yeah. Like you with the football shirt website. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, at yes. least looking back without any regrets. You're not sitting there in 20 years' time thinking, oh, God, if only I'd only I'd done that podcast, where would I be right now? You know, nobody needs yeah. those kind of regrets. That's right. It's partly your fault because I got distracted by a good blog. And I think, oh, I'll do some work later on it. <laughs> um, will you ever rumble? Do people ever hear your voice in the pub and say, I know your voice? Or has that yeah. never ha it's happened a few times, has it? That's happened, yeah. Wow. genuinely that's that's happened um yeah yeah i mean more than that's surreal yeah i mean i think once people once my pictures and stuff got out there people knew who i was and and what have you but yeah i've, I've had my voice recognized for sure and i've sort of been recognized out and about but i mean i'm not sort of a a, a celebrity or anything like that I, yeah. I wouldn't consider i wouldn't consider myself that um yeah it, by any stretch of the imagination but of course it's nice when people mm. want to talk to you about something that you do that they like you know they're not coming up people aren't coming over to me to tell me that they they hate me you yeah. know so <laughs> always a bonus thank, yeah. thankfully give it time maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> not change but you know for the most part if someone sees me or if someone recognizes me and wants to have a chat it's usually because they like what i do yeah. and i'm you know always happy to talk to people about that so it's great and I think you mentioned it once or twice in your pod, and I, you may disagree, Andrew, but I think one of the biggest compliments for your podcast is that non-Arsenal fans sometimes listen. Fans of other teams mm. do listen, which that must be... I don't know if you find that really weird, but I would find that bizarre. Um, why, why do you think that is? I'm not saying it's a, it's a disrespect. I just find that quite interesting. I don't know, actually. Maybe there's just sort of an entertainment value in it, you know? Um it's been around a long time though, you know, it was yeah. one of the first football podcasts. And I think one of the things that, that, that happens with podcasts is people, people get into habits, you know, they find a, a sort of group of podcasts that they like and they'll go back to them for new episodes. So, you know, I'm sure that like Manchester United fans, there might be some Manchester United fans, for example, who listen, but they don't listen week in week out. They might listen when yeah. there's a United game or something like that. Um, but maybe it's just because, you know, I try and be 
Now, that's not true. I don't try and be fair. I try and be absolutely 100% partisan and biased towards yeah. Arsenal, but I don't think I do it in a particularly... Um, yeah, look, there are aspects of football fandom that can be a bit aggressive and a bit, you know, uncompromising and a bit unpleasant. And I tribal, think, yeah. yeah, tribal, I think is fine, but, you know, you've got to retain, and I think this is especially true for Arsenal and Arsenal fans, you've got to retain, A, some perspective, and B, if you don't have a sense of humour, <laughs> uh, you're absolutely screwed as an Arsenal fan. Oh, yeah. Take 100%. it as seriously as some people take it. You are just going to end up angry and embittered and furious the whole time. And you have to be able to look at it, you know, as mm. the game that it is and the thing that it is, which is completely and utterly out of your control. You're giving every part of your emotion and your heart and your soul and your desire and you're making wishes and you're wearing your lucky socks for 11 guys to run around a football pitch and there is literally nothing you can do to control any of it. You are at their mercy, your your mood, your weekend. How good is your weekend? If you've won 3-0 against Tottenham, yeah. it's a great weekend. Conversely, if the result goes the other way, your weekend is ruined. You know, So you have to be able to, I think, appreciate the absurdity of football. That's right. But Andrew, you said we've got no control. I'll have you know, I've got a lucky Arsenal duck <laughs> which I've which I've held in my hand for the last four FA Cup finals, and we've won them. But saying that, when I was still holding that duck, we got slaughtered by Chelsea in the Europa League final not too long ago. So it's not a perfect, but <laughs> perfect duck. I mean, if I were you, I'd be thinking about transferring that duck and maybe looking for a, a different kind of of yeah. uh, bird, maybe a goose or who knows. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Fowl, who knows? <laughs> um, thing you need. Well. Look, I, I'm a massive fan of your podcast and your and your blog. And if, if anyone's listening and thinking, oh, you know, you know, Arsenal, you know, even though that interest, have a look at it. I really do recommend it hugely. Um, well, we'll talk about gaming now because you do mention now and then on your podcast, not too often, but you talk about FIFA and Rocket League. My, my ears pricked up a lot when you mentioned Rocket League because I'm a massive fan. But right. um, I know that you play the uh, uh, video games. I'd love to know. And I'm sure our, our listeners, I'm sure some of your listeners would love to know a little bit about your sort of gaming history. So do you have any big early memories of gaming? What consoles, computers you had while growing up as a kid, oh, for example? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we had, um, you know, we were ahead of the game. I had a, a Pong Yes. <laughs> was it Calico or Calico or one of those? I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so we had like the Pong that you plugged into the TV and the lines are doop, doop, doop. Uh, so that was back in the 70s. So from the 70s, I've been playing video games. My first computer was a ZX Spectrum 48K, a uh, rubber keyboard, but like amazing games, Football Manager, Jet Set Willy, Manic Miner, Jetpack, uh, so many, so many great games. Um, so all through the the 80s, Daily Thompson's Decathlon. I can't tell you how many joysticks I ruined with Daily Thompson's Decathlon because you have to do the like, you have to wiggle it back and forth <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the guy run, you know? Um, so yeah, ZX Spectrum, um, the usual stuff as well, Sega Mega Drive, um, which I used to rent from the local video store. Ah. Used to be able to rent the console, oh, yes, the yes. game, and you bet all you. It wasn't that expensive to rent it, but you had to leave like 
20 euro deposit and your passport or something like that. I can't remember. It was like, you know, but you'd, you'd rent it and you'd rent it in an evening and you'd stay up all night. Me and my brother would stay up all night just uh, playing Madden and playing uh, uh, Super Mario Kart um, on the Nintendo 64, which my brother had, uh, you know, so yeah, from then on PlayStation's all the way for me. Um, yep. one through four and yeah, all the yeah. various games that have been associated with those down the years. So like all the big ones, PlayStation five, are you looking to invest? Yeah, I will do. I will do. I had one in my cart the other day and it kept being removed when I went to checkout. It was like in the cart, check out. And then it would say, we can't do it. So ah. look, I'll wait until, um, I'll wait until next year until there's more out and stuff like that. And maybe they, you know, whatever little bugs they have with the first edition, they might iron out and things like that. But yeah, I'll get one at some point. Uh, but I'm happy enough with the, the, the PlayStation 4 at the moment. I've got a couple of games on the go. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough with what I've got. But yeah, for sure, I'll buy a PlayStation 5 because, you know, you have yeah. to. Has to be done. Do you do you get a lot of time to play games or, or not? Because you obviously, is it fair you work at home often? Do you get that little bit of free time now and then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can sort of make time during the day a little bit because you know, let's say if you're working in the evening, yeah. um, and there's a match on, and you're going to be working all evening. You can have your lunch and sit down for an hour and play in the day. And usually in the evenings before I go to bed, I'll play for for an hour or so just yeah. to sort of wind down. Um, so yeah, I get to play pretty frequently. Um, and I really do find it a, a great way to sort of switch off and de-stress, not just from, from Arsenal, but from, you know, work and, you know, the shit show that is the world right now. <laughs> 2020, mate. Yeah. hundred percent. 2020 you know, and everything else that's going on. So yeah. I've got a tough question. Could you all, almost give me your top three games of all time? They can be retro or modern. What, what would you say are your favorite games? <laughs> My favorite games. That's a really good question. I mean, I love the Grand Theft Auto games. Um, I've always loved those. I like a lot the big sort of open world type games. Um, Skyrim and Fallout. The Fallout series have, have all been brilliant. Uh, football games um, yeah. from Pro Evolution to FIFA. Uh so I'm I'm stuck. I mean, there was one on the PlayStation Two that I loved. It was it was a snowboarding game, oh, SSX. That's it. That's it. That was. Huge oh popular. man, I played that for like <laughs> so long. Uh, I remember when I first moved. I moved to Spain in 2001, and this would have been a PlayStation Two. So we Pro Evolution Soccer Two and SSX Two. It might have been SSX Two. I can't remember. But like those two games in the first few months of, of living over there, I remember we were staying in this apartment before we bought a house and uh, yeah, just playing constantly. So let me think top three. It's so difficult because there've been so many and so many games that you, you, you get absolutely enthralled by and sucked into and you play for weeks yeah. and months, some of them, and then you're finished and then it's like, oh, forgotten all about that. Game now. <laughs> yeah, so I think, God, it's too difficult. I think Rocket League would have to be in my top three because simply because of the the staying power that it has. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know how long I've been playing it. It must be years now. Love it. I love that game. It's amazing. It's just so good. Um I mean there are obviously frustrations in it and, and uh 
Like I was playing, I was playing the other day with this guy. He was my teammate and I can't remember what happened. Just one of those sort of accidental things where you bump into them and he went crazy at me in the chat, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, man. It was all like, you're a noob, you idiot, you noob. So, you know, I start scoring for the other team. Um, oh, really? Yeah, just yeah, to really wind yeah, him up. Yeah, you're not having any of that. Get lost. Um, but no, it is It is just so much fun. So I think, and for what it cost, it was like, what, nine ninety nine or twelve ninety nine or something it's like that. Right now. Really it's totally, yeah, it's mad, it, isn't it? It's free now. Uh, yeah, there was a, a period there over the last few weeks where it all went a bit weird, didn't it, with the servers? Yeah, it annoyed me a bit, actually. Yeah. They, they seem to have fixed it, to be fair. Seem to have done, yeah, put it right. So I think in terms of value for money and, and just the length of time that I've been playing, that would certainly be in my top three. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Fallout 4. Yes, I haven't played that one myself, but... Yeah. Yeah. And then I think from a footballing perspective, pro evolution soccer two just was the, the high point of that game. Yeah. But like, I'll play, like I'll play pretty much anything. Although I know really quickly if I'm into a game or not. Really oh, okay. Quickly. You, you don't persevere with it. If you, you're not, yeah. if you don't get that click. No, fair enough. No, I mean like people were recommending the, Oh, is it Dark Souls? Yep. And Bloodborne? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, thing. no, not my thing at all. Just could not, just didn't click with those games. And everybody, I think people who love them really love them. They're mad into those those worlds and, and the way those games operate. But for me, it was just, just a massive frustration. Um because you sort of you get killed and then you got to go all the way back to the start and do the same thing over and over and over. And if there's one thing I hate, it's it's repetition in games. I don't mind, you know, fighting a boss a few times and and what have you. Um, but that kind of thing just doesn't doesn't work with me. So, oh, good stuff. What about uh, yours? What's your top three? Can you I'm, do? Yeah. Oh, that's it. I'm I'm a huge Zelda fan. I don't know if you ever played the Zelda games. So I love um, Breath of the Wild, which is open world. Actually, mm. that could be up there. But Ocarina of Time, the, the classic N64. You said you played the. Uh, did your brother have that game, Ocarina of Time? No, I don't think so. That that's probably my favourite game of all time. That just took me away from college I, almost. <laughs> uh, Monkey Island. I don't know if you're into those point and click games. I love the first Monkey Island game made by Lucas Arts. Absolutely incredible game. Um, yeah. And yeah. Sensible Soccer, the classic football game. Oh, that was the top-down one. It was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely that incredible. Is, sorry, I spent a lot of time playing that. I mean, did you... Um, I mean, I grew up in the, the 80s, so I played... A lot of video games I played were in arcades. Mm, yeah, oh, yes. So, mm. like, it was amazing to realize uh, at some point... I can't remember when it was in the, you know, late 90s, 2000s, when, when you could get every arcade game okay. on your computer. It was like... Whoa! What is this? You could use the the Mame emulator yes, and download yes. all the arcade games that I played. And there was one called Super Kickoff, which was a such a good football game because there was only about three ways you could possibly score a goal. It was all choreographed. You had to sort of get the players into a certain position, but you could you could kick and you could punch the players. You could punch the opposition yes. players and get the ball. And sometimes the ref would see it, and sometimes he wouldn't. 
so that was a great that was a great game and there was this thing in it which just happened at random called super shoot where you do an overhead kick from the halfway line it would just go and you never knew how you did it or anything like that it was just like oh eight seconds left i'm gonna lose this so i played a lot of a lot of arcade games as well spent a lot of money in arcades um well yeah not a penny wasted, I'm sure. Massive. Oh, no, uh, loads, loads of pennies wasted. Loads of 10p's wasted <laughs> down the year. Yeah. Well, let's take okay, football games specifically. Do you always pick Arsenal? Yeah. Uh, like in Football Manager? Yeah, FIFA, Pro Evo. You always go yeah. with, or North London Red, I think they were called, weren't they, in Pro Evo? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, always Arsenal. Um, I've got literally no interest in playing as anybody else. Um, just don't care enough about any other team to to want to play them not even ireland um so yeah it's always arsenal if i'm playing football manager or championship manager which i don't do anymore because it's just way too time consuming and way too complicated now it's like for the older versions yeah championship manager o2 was like oh man the amount of time i spent on that but it was always arsenal i had no interest in like yeah, well, no conference go, team. No, no I, I, I want to bring South End from Division Two <laughs> all the way to the Premier League, and I want to show my chops as a manager. I don't, I don't care for that whatsoever. I want to, you know, give me Arsenal, give me budget, let me do transfers, and you know, play out the games. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah so I've always, yeah, I'm quite uh, <laughs> close, minded You might say in that regard, yeah. <laughs> stickler perhaps. Yeah, but close-minded too. Yeah, fair enough. Um, would you class yourself as a retro gamer, though, Andrew? Do you still play the old consoles, or you literally just move on now to next gen to get a chance to play the classics? No, I mean, I have a, a Super Nintendo emulator on my Mac, and I will play Super Mario Kart every now and again and just run through the the four levels of Super Mario Kart. Um there are ZX Spectrum emulators online, and you can play you know manic minor and stuff like that but it's like you know look i'm 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 not that uh invested in the retro games to be honest i like new things i do like shiny new things i like shiny new games and you know when there's a new red dead redemption or whatever it is i i will i'll get it or i'll get you know the the new games that i think are gonna be gonna be interesting to me like some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, my brother got me Death Stranding for Christmas. That, yes, yes. <laughs> Mixed reviews, I think, that game's got, yeah. Yeah, uh, one that I just did not click with. I don't really find the enjoyment in walking around hills, toppling over yeah. with a load of boxes <laughs> on my back while some black sludge eats me and I've got no gun. I just, I just d- didn't get it at all. It yeah. reminds me of like a Futurama, <laughs> like Friday yeah. Delivery Boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't played it, but that's why, yeah, I've heard that's basically it. I, I cannot recommend it to anyone. I'm sure people out there listening to this will love it, and I'm sure there are people listening to this who think I'm some kind of godless heathen now for for not appreciating the the the, the artwork or the the craft of the storytelling or whatever it is. But man, I got limited time to play video games. I, I just don't have. I don't have it in me to sink it into something like that. I need payoff, you know, I need to bash someone's head in or score a goal or whatever it is. Well, I think Rocket League, like, like you mentioned earlier, is a perfect game because for me, if I've had a business at work, uh, it's brilliant. Just like, even, even two games, 
it, it, it can get you very stressed, but it's like, yeah. wow, you can properly get involved. I love it. Um, you can actually see how long you've played that game. It can tell you how many days you've played. I'm scared to look now. <laughs> oh, wow. I must have a look at that. I'm I sure think it's that... on your stats. I think if you go to stats on your area, it tells you, I believe. I'm not complete. Yeah. It gives you the, the count of how long you've played. It's madness. Oh, my God. I must have a look. <laughs> got a Rocket League tracker here. Hang on. Let me see. Yeah. I've got one. I can put in my name. Hang on. Let's have a look. Uh, I accept. Uh, okay, it's coming up. Um, oh, it doesn't tell me how long I've played. I think it might be in the game itself. I think right, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. career, it tells you how many goals you scored and whatnot. It goes into a lot of depth. Um, I, I personally play 3v3 free, free free competitive. Is that your go-to? No, I'm, I'm a 2v2 guy. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, I, I quite like dipping into 3v3, but I like... I like the greater involvement of 2v2, you know? Yeah, I, think I get that's, that. Um, that. Yeah, that's the one. I like to be a bit more involved. Um, so 2v2 is good. The only thing about 2v2 is that so often you lose a teammate. Yes. Yeah, they just disappear. They disappear or, you know, you're... you're I mean, the, one of the great things about Rocket League for me is that you can be 4-0 down with a minute and a half to go and you can you can win the game. I mean, it happened to me last week, 4-0 down, and you're 4-0, and there was literally, about, I think, about 1 minute 40 on the clock, and you get the thing that comes up, you know, do you want to forfeit? You know, because yeah. your teammate is going, nah. Yeah, I'm give up. Time to go. <laughs> forfeit. I didn't forfeit. We scored, you know, immediately from the kickoff. It's 4-1, so he's like, well, okay, well, maybe something. And we got to, like, 4-4 with about two seconds to go and won the game in overtime, and it's just, I think that to me is the real beauty of that game is that you, you can be dead and buried and you can still find your way back into it, you know, a fluke or whatever it might be just gets you back into it. And I think that's part of the reason why it has longevity, you know? Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's just great fun. Great I did fun. a Newcastle. <laughs> when they, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I love it. It's so fun. I have to say, it's it's. I I'd actually maybe put it in my top. It's definitely my top ten now. It's it's such a good game. I can't believe how fun it is. I can't believe some of my friends don't like it. Like my friend Dylan's gonna be listening. It's like, why why don't you like the game? It's just too good. It does, <laughs> I don't it know. Football. It, it, well, it's Nottingham Forest fan, so there you go. That might explain it. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a question. It kind of links in nicely to our final bit of the the into the Arsenal chat. If you could sign any video game character for Arsenal. Who would you sign, and what position would you want them to play? Oh, I know well, you do have you do have some odd questions sometimes at the end of your particular podcast, don't you? Now and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a good one. Who would I? I mean, you'd like somebody. Um, I think I'd like Wario. Yeah, yes. He could be the crafty midfield general. You know, that little bit of hard man in midfield. He's a bit evil. He's a bit cynical. And every time he he took down an opposition player, he'd have that like ha, 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 laugh. <laughs> so I think I'd I think I'd enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bring on Waluigi as well while we're at it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, let's let's quickly talk about Arsenal, but Andrew, I've really enjoyed this chat so far. Um, I obviously 
like you mentioned earlier, sporting Arsenal is not always a bed of roses. It's got its ups and downs, mm. um, especially the last few years. It's been quite, it's quite stressful actually sometimes. Yeah. And it can, it can ruin weekends. I try not to let it happen so much to me anymore, but it can really affect your mood, which is not good. Um, but obviously, Aubameyang scored the winner in the 2020 FA Cup final. Absolutely incredible. I was in Spain at the time. I managed to mm. sneak away. And uh, when he scored, scored that winner, I jumped up in a pub, the local pub in, in Alicante. Um, and I did a little dance. I, my table went flying. Beers went everywhere. And I was, <laughs> and I, yeah, the pub almost kicked, the landlord almost kicked me out. I had to beg to stay in. But, it, it, but I didn't care because in that moment, it, it was so amazing. And I know the cup win seems a while ago, but... What did that win mean for you? And where were you? Were you at home at the time? Because obviously we couldn't go to the stadium. And how do you feel yeah. about that particular game? Yeah, I was at home. I mean, we do a lot of stuff on the site for every game. We do a live blog and stuff like that. So I was sitting at home. I was working. Uh, look, I think it, it it was a huge win for the football club. It had been the worst Premier League season in so many years, you know. Um, so to finish it with success and, and, you know, to give us European football this season as well, it was hugely important. You know, I think it instilled some belief in the players, a new coach um, slash manager come in, Mikel Arteta. I know we're going through a little bit of a tricky period now, but for the most part, since he arrived, it's been positive. And this is the first real period of difficulty we've gone through. And I think there's a... I, I, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone what they should think and what they shouldn't think, but, you know, I, I feel like more and more we're we're living in a world where short-term opinions are the loudest, um, if not the most sensible. You know, so I think we have to we have to just be a little bit patient. You know, this is a club that has been. It hasn't been run as well as it should be, let's say, over the last yeah. number of years. And we've got a lot to put right. And we've got a young manager with lots of ideas. And, and the football at the moment isn't great. But, you know, I, I think we have to be realistic about where we are and what we've still got to do. So, yeah. you know, to have that FA Cup win, um, to, to extend our record as the club that's won the most FA Cups was was absolutely great. And, you know, to have that bit of revenge for, you know, for the the... the the evil that your duck did to us in that no, no. Europa League final when Chelsea beat us 4-1, you know, it was a little bit of revenge for that. So, yeah, it was great. And I don't get people, I grew up on the FA Cup and I love it. And I know it doesn't mean as much to some people and maybe to some younger fans, but for me, it's a, a competition I really like. I really, I really love the FA Cup. So every time we win it, it's it's brilliant. And, and the, the shame is that, you know, as fans, we weren't able to share it together in the stadium after the game, you know, in more, uh, what's the word I'm going to use here, you know, in sort of local surroundings or wherever it might be, wherever you are in the world, sharing it with other fans is a big part of, of every success that any team has. So it's it's a bit of a strange one, a bit of an outlier in, in the history of the FA Cup and the ones that we've won, but still very enjoyable. 100%. Yeah, I loved it, actually. Um, I was lucky enough, actually, to go to, go to the game um, where um, Olivier Giroud scored his Scorpion goal. I was actually in the uh -huh. stadium. Yeah. Um, how, what's the best goal you've seen in person and or, or uh, even at home? So what's the best goal you've seen in the stadium for, for Arsenal? Mm. And have you got one you've seen just, just in general? It's the best goal I've seen in the stadium. I think the one that sticks in my mind is Cesc Fabregas scoring against Tottenham, which came about 
40 seconds after Robin Van Persie had scored. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. at the game quite low down and we were still celebrating the, uh, the Van Persie goal when Fabregas ran through and scored another goal. And we were like, Oh my God, this is, I mean, technically, I mean, it's a brilliant goal. The way yeah. he scores it is absolutely brilliant. Um, but just that the fact that we hadn't even come close to finish celebrating the first goal, yeah. scored that goal. It was like, I don't know how to describe it. It was just one of those moments that, uh, you know, will live with me forever as a football fan. You know, you're sort of hugging strangers and then all of a sudden it's just, you're hugging every stranger you can see because yes, this is, this is amazing. So I think, I think that's the one that really stands out for me because, you know, I was there and, um, he was, uh, you know, one of my favorite players. And when you score against Tottenham, uh, it's it's that extra bit special, isn't it? I think on TV, they were still showing the replay. I yeah. think people at home didn't get a chance to see the second goal very well. It's like, wow, quickly. Then he just saw the goal hit the back of the net. People were really confused. Like, what's going on? So yeah. you, you had the best, obviously the best view. You see, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that was incredible. Still, it was like, literally, you're sort of jumping around and people are going, look, look, look. And then you turn around and, and just as you're sort of paying attention again, the ball is in the back of the net. It was like, Bad. oh, wow, is this, is this real? You know? <laughs> Oh, so, dear. I mean, the, yeah. what makes it great is how miserable it must have been for Tottenham fans to see that happen as well. So, Double whammy, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, this is a tough question, but if you could go back in time and change one thing at Arsenal, change one result or change one sign-in or maybe Arsenal could have signed a player, what would you, what would you do or choose to try and do? I think what I would do is, if I could sort of change one result or, or what have you, I would... I would have us hang on in the Champions League final in yeah. 2006. Yeah. Or Thierry Henry to score that chance he had to make it 2-0. Too soon, Andrew, mate. <laughs> I know. Listen, tell me about it. Tell oh. me. So I just think for the football club, it would have been so huge because we were leaving Highbury. Yeah. Uh, we were moving to the Emirates ostensibly to make ourselves more competitive with the biggest clubs in Europe and to go into a new stadium as Champions League holders. Yeah, what would that have given us in terms of money and prestige and, and pulling power and the players we might have been able to get in and the players we might have been able to keep? You know, I think I think about that game quite a lot, not simply because, you know, afterwards it was miserable. In Paris, I was there. It was lashing rain. Couldn't get a taxi. Got lost. I can't remember how we got back to the hotel in the end. And and at the time, I was living in Barcelona. Oh. So the next day, I had to get up, go to Gardenor or wherever it was, uh, whichever train station it was in Paris, and get a train from... Barcelona to Perpignan and then change at Perpignan to get a train to or from Paris to Perpignan Perpignan to Barcelona everyone in the carriage was a Barcelona fan oh. I, I wore my Arsenal shirt and they were singing at me and they were yeah. like most of them were you know good natured and what have you but yeah. That was a tough journey back. So for all of those reasons, that's the one I would choose. I was in the foulest mood for days after that game. Um, 
my wife <laughs> was like, why are you such a bad mood over the last week? And it, it, she didn't really understand why. I just, uh, it took me a good, good week to get over that result, truthfully. Yeah. Madness, madness. Yeah, um, when, when Liverpool beat Arsenal in the FA Cup final, that, that ridiculous, stupid goal, uh, and you know, the handball, is it Honcho handball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually coming back from Dublin. Uh, I was getting the, right. uh, the, the, the boat back and, um, and that, the game was on then, I think, uh, during, uh, maybe it was just after. But uh, anyway, I was surrounded by Liverpool fans and uh, they were just taking the mick out of me. <laughs> so, yeah, we've yeah, a lot of, crazy. We see a lot of Liverpool fans in, in Ireland. Uh, you know, there's a lot of connection between Ireland and Liverpool. And, and just traditionally, they're one of the yeah. United and Liverpool are the two most well-supported clubs here. So, yeah, you're never yeah. too far away from a Liverpool fan. My brother is a Liverpool fan, so. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um could you, I know it's a really tough question, but obviously Arsenal are doing, you know, inconsistent at best at the moment. Where where do you think we, we are going to finish the season in the league? And do you think we've got a chance in any of the cups? I know I don't want to stick your neck on the line, but do you think, where would you put us at this point? Um, it's so hard to know because it's a weird season and you don't know what's going to happen. I think there is a chance even though we've been inconsistent, if we can get on a run, we could, we could finish well, uh, well enough in the league. You know, I think we uh -huh. could, um, we have to address that inconsistency though, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't rule out, a, a an improved finish in the league from last season. I'm not quite sure we're going to get top four, which is what we'd like to get. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like we're, like it's got to click and it's got to stay clicked from an, atta uh, an attacking perspective. But you never know. But I do feel like we are the kind of team, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, people can make their own minds up that can perform in the Cups. Mm -hmm. Under Arteta, we've beaten Liverpool. We've beaten uh, well, Community Shield. I know it's a different thing, but we yeah. beat Man City. We've beaten uh, Chelsea. You know, yeah. so I think in these sort of knockout games, and I think particularly in games against good opposition, mm -hmm. we tend to be pretty competitive. So, you know, as the Europa League goes on... You never know. You never know. And even if the Premier League season finishes indifferently, if we could add a European trophy, something oh, we haven't yeah. done since 1994 then you have to say it would be a, a successful season. So I, I kind of feel we're a bit more suited to cup football and knockout football at this moment in time. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, we can start to to get more out of the players that we have because there there is talent there and there are talented players and nobody's playing particularly well. Um, and I don't think it's because all of a sudden all of our players have become terrible. So I hope, I agree. I have some hope that, you know, if we can get a, a a run of one or two good results that becomes three or four, that becomes five or six, we start to grow in confidence a bit and, and play a bit more, a bit more like the Arsenal we all want to see. Love it. Yeah, love it. I completely agree. Um, do you have any future plans? Because I know you've released a couple of books. Uh, have you got any developments or ideas in the pipelines for your blog or podcast? Uh, I know you've done this Ask Biz idea, so I'm happy for you to... Uh, give that a quick shout out if you want, but um, what's the future going to hold for you? Any interesting things? I don't know, actually. I mean, one of the, one of the, I'm not a strategic guy. I'm not a, someone who sits down and goes, well, this is how I'm going to make a website about Arsenal. And this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to grow it into this 
thing that it has become. I never did that. You know, I'm not, my brain doesn't work that way. It's very much a case of making it up as it goes along. And if it works, then great. And if it doesn't work, then so what, you know, yeah. what's the harm in trying? So I think, um, I don't, you know, I can't sit here and tell you, yeah, I've got big plans for next year <laughs> other than, you know, to keep doing what we're doing and to keep doing it as well as we do it and to give people what they want and more of what they want and, and, and to ensure that, you know, whatever happens with Arsenal, good, bad or indifferent, you know, we're there for, for people to, to enjoy or endure. I don't know how you would put it, but you know, it, I, I, you know, we do have, I feel like as a, as a website and as a podcast, we, we have this responsibility to the audience, you know, um, whether we lose or win, there's a blog and there's a podcast, you know, so you've got to be capable of doing it in good times and bad times. So that, that's sort of the driving force to it. And, and look, just to, to sort of go along and enjoy it and, and, and continue to give people all this stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done over the last number of years, is is to sort of expand the coverage that we have of various aspects of the team and the club, you know? So we do a lot more about the youth now. We certainly do an awful lot more about the Arsenal women, um, which is proving, um, you know, really popular. So to sort of give a platform and use the platform to, to shine a light on some of the things that people, um, if, if not that they're not aware of, but don't know where to get the stuff to, to consume, you know? So, so that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's it. I don't know. You know, we'll see where the world is in 2021. Hopefully it's a lot better than 2020 and we can all get back to, you know, oh, going to the games again and, and sort of living life normally, I suppose. Um, I think that will help um, everybody. So yeah, just to be part of that, I think. Oh, you're a gentleman. And look, I've really enjoyed the chat today, Andrew. It's, it's a real pleasure and honor because, um, I've been a fan for many, many years, and uh, yeah, it's a privilege for me to talk to you, so I appreciate your time. No, no, we've, at all. Glad we've, to be oh, Thank you. I've got one final question. We ask all our guests okay. uh, whenever we talk to um, people working in games or, you know, outside of games. Sure. If, if you could share a few drinks of any video game character, who would you choose and why? Um... There's a really good question. Who are compelling video game characters that, you know, whose dialogue is realistic and that you want to listen to and you don't press skip every time there's a cinematic on? Because, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, the worst thing about video games is these days is, you know, the first two hours of like a, a video game <laughs> yeah. where you got to like, oh, yeah, here you go. You're laying out the story for me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, oh, here's the backdrop. I've got to figure out, you know, those, you know, those missions where it says, um, walk with the character. <laughs> yeah. You have to walk and you can't run and you can't jump and you're just sort of walking at what I hate all that. That really drives me mental. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, um, maybe the dude from Grand Theft Auto, one of those guys, one of the main characters from those, one of the car stealing weapons, wielding, <laughs> hijacking helicopter yeah. blowing up dudes i suppose in the grand scheme of things they'd be 
quite interesting and have some good stories. That's true, but, actually. Yeah. Be a rough pub, I'm sure, but... Yeah, you can always sneak out the back, you know, steal a car and make your escape. That's how you do it, right? Yeah, good. I like that. Well, look, Andrew, I'll leave you to it. And um, I'll put the uh, your website and uh, podcast in the show notes. But so much. I do really appreciate your time today. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, thanks to everyone who's uh, listened. Hopefully we haven't bored them all with too much uh, Arsenal chat. Um, <laughs> there might be a few Arsenal fans listening. So hello to you guys. There's a few. There definitely is a few. I, yeah. I guarantee it. All well, right. Thank you so much. Not at all. Good to talk to you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.